1: Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their business and their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit first strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Adam McKee, owner of Contemporary Woods. And Adam and I connected uh, about a week ago. And uh, he is a huge Mike Michalowicz fan and a fan of Profit First. And so, um, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? And then we'll talk about your experience in implementing Profit First in your business.
0: That's awesome, Danielle. Thanks for inviting me on your show. I, uh, I'm i glad to be part of the tribe, so to speak. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, It's been uh, over a year and a half for me since I discovered Profit First. Uh, a guy in one of my peer advisory groups said, hey, you talk about these struggles. Have you done Profit First? And, and so anyway, I, I downloaded the book on Audible. Uh, I remember working uh, on a side project and, and re- listening to it and stopping every 10 minutes and like, typing up action steps to take. And, uh, and then I think shortly after I bought the book, cause like, Oh my God, I got to flag this paper copy. And, uh, you know, of course I was emailing Michalowicz right away. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be actionable. Here's my steps. Here's what I'm doing. Just like the book said. Um, and, uh, a year later, uh, we had enough money to ta- pay off a, a three-year-old $17,000 tax debt. Um, and Yay. my wife and I bought, um, furniture for our home with cash for the first time in our adult life. Uh, and I think just I could go on forever about all the benefits, just a little 1% tweak. And that was only a 1% profit and a 2% tax change to my business. So uh, I'm very excited to uh, take 2021 and up those numbers and see what happens.
1: Wow, that is truly amazing and exciting. So tell us a little bit about about your business and and how you got into this business.
0: So a little background about me. I'm a lifelong uh, crafter or carpenter or or just love of of construction. My grandfather built homes in Lincoln, Nebraska for almost 60 years. Um, He was one of the biggest builders for uh, a decade or so in the 70s. And uh, he had a passion of building entry-level homes for new homeowners, and really passionate uh, you know to find people new homes. Um, and my dad's an electrician, um, and so I grew up on the job sites, uh, cutting my teeth, sweeping the, the the job sites, and and you know putting electrical plates on. I was an electrical apprentice for my dad for six years, and uh, you know my grandfather and I did side projects together while I was going to school. Uh, I also did commercial construction, which opened my eyes to a whole other uh, kind of realm of you know different possibilities. Uh, I got a bachelor associate's degree in building construction. I got a bachelor's degree in construction management. And I thought, okay, I'm going to work for a contractor for 20 years, and I'll slowly build up my own business on the side, and then someday I'll quit my full time job, full time job, and then I'll become uh, you know a furniture maker, and then and that's just my plan, and. Uh, about a year and a half after I graduated from college, I was working as a building inspector, actually, and I heard about this opportunity to buy an existing business, um, and so I jumped in head first And eight and a half years ago, and, and uh, now here we are today. Um, our business, Contemporary Woods, has been around for uh, this is our 40th year in business, and we are custom woodworkers. So we make custom furniture, custom cabinets, uh, built-ins, uh, you know, live edge tables. Uh, you name it. We love uh, taking a piece of wood and refining it to a, a finished, beautiful product to put in your home or in your office.
1: Amazing story. And I'm so glad that you didn't have to wait 20 years to make this dream a reality. But let's talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned that you worked with a business coach and and you were sharing some of your frustrations and struggles um, and he recommended Profit First. What you know? What were those frustrations and struggles that you um, that you shared with him, if you don't mind sharing with us.
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to trans- transparency here. I so I borrowed money, hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy this existing business, and over the years, I got my head in the sand and uh, had to have family help me pull me out of the sand. Uh, you know, borrowed another forty thousand dollars, borrowed borrow another ten, borrowed another fifteen, borrowed another twenty. You know, and it just was this vicious cycle, and I wasn't paying it off as fast as so I was borrowing it. And, you know, pretty soon you start to lose relationships with people and, and, you know, there's no more runway, you know, Uh, you have to do it right from the start. And, uh, you know, I was six and a half years into my journey before I finally realized like, oh, it's not about borrowing more money. (laughs) It's about making a profitable business and cutting the fat, uh, you know, trimming the bad expenses, trimming the bad people. Um, you know, we had just to give you some in depth, Danielle, I had a, uh, 5,000 square foot showroom, separate building that was a separate lease from our manufacturing shop of 11,000 square feet. And I was paying uh, just $90,000 a year only just for that showroom. And I was getting 30% of our customers walking in looking for $300 and $500 projects. You know? uh, so as soon as that lease was up, uh, this was after I'd read Profit First, I said, okay, we're out of that lease. I had kind of a toxic uh, uh, team uh, with a couple of team members that were really just weren't great for our culture. Um, and so we got rid of those people, uh, and didn't quite do that right. So we got sued by one of them and had to pay, you know, uh, that. And so anyway, long story short, uh, you know, some of these lessons you learn the hard way, um, but you know, you're better off for it in the end. So, um, yeah, trim, trim, trash and transfer, I guess.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's, 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 that's a new coined phrase. I love it. Um, and you know what, you just said that you're better off for it. And it's not pleasant. And I I want to say thank you so much for for being so transparent and sharing the authentic ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And really being a normal entrepreneur, it sounds like you are running your business, how 83% of entrepreneurs run their business. So you were normal. You were doing what the majority of entrepreneurs do in terms of you know, cash management and, and thinking borrowing to invest in the business would solve some problems and such. So what about, um, and I loved how you basically sounds like you reverse engineered the expense of the showroom lease and how much, you know, 30% of your business came out of the showroom. Those people were coming in to buy, you know, spend between 300 and $500. So, you figured out how much traffic you would need to break even. And wow, that's a lot of $300 to $500 transactions to break even on a $90,000 annual lease. So um, uh, that's just awesome. Um, What other sort of reverse engineering or things um, would you like to share that you felt helped give you some more clarity around the expenses in your business?
0: Well, I would say to, you brought up a good point there. To even further elaborate on that example, you know, we took a look at the last five or six years of tickets. You know, for example, and I was looking for Pareto's principle, and I sure found it. Uh, you know, we had—I can't remember the numbers exactly—but it was like uh, a thousand tickets in five years' time, and uh, you know, it was five million dollars worth of tickets, roughly speaking, and eighty percent of those tickets, so eight hundred transactions were $2,000 and less. And 20% of those transactions, so 200 tickets was you know 80% of our revenue, whatever. I'm not sure if I explained that correctly, but- Yeah,
1: I know, that's Pareto's principle. So for people listening, Pareto's principle is the 80-20 rule. So you can apply an 80-20 Pareto principle to really almost anything. It's a little freaky. But basically the premise is, is that 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customer's Um, And usually those 20% are the easiest ones to serve, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, so, so talk a little bit more about that and how then when you went back, so I think awesome, go back, look at history, and don't keep doing the same thing. It looked like you used your history to maybe adjust your course a bit.
0: Yeah, this last year and a half has been like a whirlwind. I can't tell you how many changes we've made, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, like we were charging $45 an hour labor rate, and then we're like, well, that's not enough. We need to be charging 60 And then we re looked at the numbers. We go, we're not going to meet our goals at that. So then we decided to charge 70 an hour. And mind you, a typical entrepreneur, we're still not hitting those on every single job. We're going, okay, this job should be 100 hours. Well, it took us 105 hours, so we didn't hit 70, we hit $68 an hour, you know? And so uh, we're not there yet. It's not perfect. Um, but yeah, we looked at those numbers, you know, of all the tickets we were like, you know, for example, uh, you know, selling a, a $300 bookcase versus uh, selling a $240,000 sorority job for 64 girls, you know, to outfit an entire three-story building, you know, they're different beasts. And uh, you know we're going more after the ten and twenty and thirty thousand dollar jobs of hey it's a, it's a dream basement remodel it's a dream kitchen it's uh you know or a uh, you know uh, we're even doing a, a seventy thousand dollar custom closet right now just one closet for her and so I think we've been able to kind of narrow our niche a little bit I don't think we're uh, as successful as I want to be yet but you know this kind of plays into obviously for any McCallum's fan you know the pumpkin plan you know uh, I've definitely taking the strategy of interviewing our clients and asking what they want. Um, and that's kind of uh, Danielle, how you and I met. I, I kind of refined that reaching out to other entrepreneurs and saying, hey, I'm just so excited to learn your story and how you serve other clients. Um, you know, and so I'm kind of using those same questions to network and to grow my knowledge and to find other entrepreneurs that are struggling or, or are passionate about something because every conversation I have is a cool takeaway and I'm just building this wonderful uh community of of you know tribe of people so to speak to use your words Daniel.
1: And you know when you talked about gosh I mean you raised your prices from $45 an hour labor um or you know like your cost of goods labor up to I think you said 60 and then up yep. to um 75 but you're 70 yeah, 70. yeah and you're averaging about 68, but you're measuring it and you are, I mean, you're so close to getting to 70. You're going to get there, but I just want to say, um, did you lose any business when you raised your prices?
0: So, well, to be transparent. So we did in 2018, we did a little under a million, 940,000, but I lost money. I paid myself less than I paid my salesperson. Uh, I owed money end of the year, you know, all of the negative things you could, you could, all these stories are the same from every profit first person, probably. Uh, and then the next year we did 600,000 in revenue. I paid myself, you know, 30 or 40,000 more than I'd ever paid myself, took a profit, you know, paid off tax debt. So no, it's not, it's not about revenue. It's, you know, you need some to get started, but um, you know, it's about how you allocate, you know? So yeah, uh, uh we've, well, the business we've lost is the people that are like, well, my three hundred dollar project is not right, and I need you to fix this and this and this, and it's a time suck. Um, you know how it is. I I I can't. I can. Yeah, it's just. Um,
1: well, and you you you've definitely increased your profitability because you increased margin by increasing your cost on labor um, and what mm-hmm. you charge on on that cost when you go to quote and estimate a project, and then obviously you cut big expenses and such. So you're right. It isn't about sales. It's about quality, and it's about higher margin and decreasing expenses. And that nice combination has produced great results for you.
0: Yes, I I would say it's not easy. You have to have be courageous. Uh, you have to uh, you know run towards the problem. But something we did I don't know six months ago. It hasn't been that long. We implemented a five hundred dollar minimum, and you know it's kind of tough for me because I don't want to turn people away our team's talents and our, our, you know, culture we're building and the overhead we have is not, we're not adding value to somebody to fix a broken chair leg for $60, you know? Um, so it's, we even had that yesterday. Someone came in and said, Oh, I have this problem. We said, we're sorry, you know, but our minimum is this and this. If you have a whole bunch of projects, you, you know, we can group together, but yeah, it's, uh, it takes, it takes a little bit of courage. Uh, you know, there was a story, uh, it was just shared with me yesterday, Daniel. I'd like to share with you. Please. Uh, I was working on my immutable laws um, and I haven't finalized them yet. I've been thinking about them for months and I, I finally set up some time this week. I'm like, I'm going to get them done. I'm going to define them. Um, you know, One of them is fail forward. Another one is leave it better than we found it. Um, and one of the new ones that uh, another person, um, Ann McGuire, she's a great uh, textile creator in Pennsylvania. She was on a call with me and she said, Adam, it's like the cows and the buffalo. And I said, what? What do you mean, the cows and the buffalo? And she says it's like when a storm comes. Uh, you know, cows run away from the storm, and they spend all their energy running away from the storm. And they, you know, they just keep on going the opposite direction of the storm. And you know, they some don't make it to the storm. Some lose their energy, and you know, don't find a good place to hide. But however, if you're the buffalo, uh, you run towards the storm because you know that running towards the storm, it'll be a shorter duration, and you'll get through the storm quicker, and you'll head off the problem quicker. Um, and it was just like, it blew my mind. And so now my uh, my last immutable law I'm adding to my uh, uh, sheet is a uh, run towards the problem, be like the buffalo. I haven't quite finalized the vocabulary yet, but um, uh, I was really excited to do that. So. that,
1: is, that that's a great, um, I, I guess, analogy um, because I think that also plays into implementing profit first. I think there's a lot of people who read Profit First, listen to it on audio, and just, they're still grazing. They're they're cows just kind of grazing along, just kind of doing the same thing. But you, it sounds like when you were explaining how you heard about Profit First and you listened to it on Audible, were taking notes, then got the the hard copy in your hands. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you charged into Profit First like like a buffalo. Am I right?
0: Yes. I, I think that's a good analogy. Yes. Yeah.
1: And um, why did you just charge in? Like, what was the hardest part? What, how long did it take you to implement Profit First? How, what What advice would you give to our uh, Profit First Nation audience?
0: I would say, you know, it, it's, you have, to, your back has to be against a wall almost. Like for me, I'm a procrastinator. I don't always take action until I'm forced to, you know? Uh, but I think I was so tired of like, I can't ask for more money. I can't, you know, be late on this. I can't have another overdraft fee. I can't, I, I, my wife is not going to be, uh, our relationship is going to suffer if she doesn't think that I can turn this business around. Uh, you know, I think all these things, I was against the wall. I, I didn't see a lot of other ways. And it's like, okay, time to take action, you know, uh, time to run towards the problem. Uh, I'm tired of, of struggling. And, you know, what is it going to look like in five years if I don't stop the the bleed, stop the struggle? Um, you know, what's going to happen? And so I, I think you have to choose. It's a choice. You know, we all get up every day and we, we're, uh, you know, amazing, you know, human beings that can make choices. And uh, if we choose to make things better, that's the first step. It might not happen the right, the first time, You know, I mean, I have a great accountant that uh, he's a colleague of mine. I I consider him our our team member for our accounting and bookkeeping. Uh, You know, and he was on board supporting me and he met with me every week. Uh, He doesn't know a lot about Profit First and he was a little hesitant, but he still took the time to meet with me because he saw my excitement, my energy. And, you know, we set up the accounts right away. Um, and then, you know, months later I was like, oh, I need a sales tax account. So I added that account, you know, cause I always struggled. Oh, I spent all the sales tax money. Crap. What do I, oh, let's take a new customer deposit, and pay for the sales tax. Oh, well now we don't have enough for materials. Oh, we need a short term loan. You know, I mean, you've heard the stories. It's, I'm normal. Sure the whole, it's how most
1: yeah. businesses operate. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I think it was a, a conscious choice to say, I'm done with this. I'm done wasting my time. I'm done uh, wasting my energy. Uh, you know, I'm uh, a little uh, snippet for you. I'm a lean manufacturing maniac. I love Paul Aker's Two Second Lean. It's an amazing book. We started doing that two years ago in our own shop. And you know, the of the eight deadly wastes, the worst waste of all is wasted employee potential or unused employee genius. And when you struggle so much just doing the basic things. You're wasting the worst thing of all—your own unused employee genius or your, you know, your own human potential. So um, I think that's kind of the correlation for me. I was done uh, wasting all that energy, um, and I wanted to start recouping some of the energy back. So,
1: and I mean, you are palpable with your energy now, and um, I mean, I'm sure it's because a lot of these burdens and a lot of these struggles have been lifted. I mean, I didn't know you a year and a half ago when you started your Profit First journey. So, I mean, do you, am am I, am I, am I onto something here?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, two years ago, I worked uh, 65 to 70 hours a week minimum, uh, in the business all the time, you know? Uh, and then, you know, I started reading more books. I got an audible subscription. I I read Profit First. I read all these other books and I'm just, I'm just like a, a hungry for more knowledge now, um, and I want to take action on the knowledge. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's definitely that mindset shift. And now I'm working, I don't know what the current is, but, you know, hours, you know probably uh, half a dozen to a dozen hours at least, you know, on the business I'm working now and maybe even 10 or 20 hours a week on the business. So it's been a huge shift.
1: And you have paid off significant debts. So, you know, you went into profit first with some business debt most entrepreneurs start profit first with business debt. So I want to just yep. say, Hey, you know, if you have debt, now is the time to start profit first. I can't tell you how many times when I've traveled with Mike and people say, Oh, you <sighs> know, I love your book. I've read it three times. I've seen you keynote twice. I've listened to it on audible. And he says, well, how's it working for you? And they're like, Oh, it's not the quite time, right time yet. I have debt. I want to pay it off. And it's like, uh, well, how, how, how's that working for you? Profit First is a system that will actually help you pay down that debt faster than you'd ever imagine, right? Right. So yeah. do you have any additional allocation accounts that you guys use? I'm sure you've taken it to the next level and 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 used some advanced Profit First strategies. Um, do you have yeah. any tips on that?
0: Um, so for me, the, uh, the payroll account was a big thing because... Uh, I, you know, I use uh, QuickBooks Full Savers Payroll, which is great. But you know, the the state takes out this every month, and the feds take out this every quarter, and this comes out up to nine thousand dollars. And you never, you know, so uh, trying to track that in our normal account, it was we were getting pinged for hundreds or thousands of dollars here and there. I'm like, why we ran payroll? What's you know? So I made a payroll account, and it's not kind of the traditional one. It's more of just a dump account. So when payroll happens, I say, okay, it cost me fifteen thousand dollars this week. I'm putting that money into that payroll account. I don't care if only 11 was direct deposits and the other four is taxes and it's going to come out in six months. I don't care. It's off my plate. Um, I think the same thing about sales tax. It's like, as Mike says, it's not your money. It's the government's money. Don't borrow it to run your business. Don't borrow it to, you know, fund something. Uh, You know, it's a very dangerous territory. I I could go on about that for a while too. But uh, those are probably the two biggest ones for me that were just easy ones, you know.
1: Yeah, um, and, and, and the sales tax stuff. account is separate from the tax account. So so yes, if you correct. if you are in the retail business and you do collect sales tax and you do remit sales tax, then you definitely want to have a separate sales tax account. And when monies come in, anything that was sales tax collected, you sweep into that sales tax account. So ultimately you'll have two tax accounts if you're in the retail business. You'll have your base your core tax account. But then you'll also have a sales tax account. I want to talk just a little bit um about, and you mentioned the pumpkin plan. So again, that's a Mike McCallowitz book. And um I highly recommend it. Actually, I have our salespeople um in our organization read the Pumpkin Plan because there is gold in in those on those pages. Yes. and um, and, you know, i i've I've actually transcribed the questions that you referred to. So we have a, a word document that, you know, I give to my salespeople to have so that when they go and talk to um, new customer relationships, even vendor relationships, I have them use that form and those questions to, you know, kind of dive deeper, pull back the layers and stuff. So that is great. And it and like you said, it also works too in just a networking situation and kind of like getting to know people on a different level. So I think that... Um, you know you inspired me in the short time that we've known each other like a week or so um, to to start networking <laughs> and um, I'm actually tracking the people that I'm I'm connecting with and and growing my LinkedIn profile and I'm challenging myself to have sort of three introductory just kind of networking calls with people. What other advice do you have um, for our listeners on, broadening their knowledge network and connecting one-on-one with other entrepreneurs?
0: I just start somewhere. You know, I, I, this all started for me because I was in the different is better beta program. Uh, it was Mike McCallum's new book coming out later this year. And it was just almost necessary. I'm like, Oh my God, all these people in this group, I feel like I'm the newbie and all these people know this stuff. Well, that wasn't true. And by calling everybody and finding out, you know, but I wanted to, I'm just, I long for that connection. I think like you're saying the the pandemic and all this other stuff has kind of changed our perspective of connections. And, and in my community, I don't have a lot of other people close to me that run a business similar to me or have the same struggles. And so it was, it was for me, it was hunger of like, I just want to talk to somebody and I don't want to add value to others. Cause then if I do, they'll add value to me. Um, and I think, like you said, Maybe, you know, even starting small, just like, hey, let's do one one a week, you know, or or one a month. Uh, you know, Atomic Habits, it's one of my new favorite books from the last year and, and it's, you know, go to the gym and do one push-up or whatever, you know, the same kind of thing. Uh, just start start somewhere. Um, I use the same analogy for prospecting. It's like, okay, I'm gonna make one full, you know, one prospecting call this week. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's better than none, you know. So I think just start somewhere. Call a friend, call somebody else. That'll lead to another connection. Uh, it'll lead to not more introductions. It'll lead to knowledge. It'll lead to uh, more passion and, and a better community. Um, and you're helping. You're helping others uh, along with helping yourself. So
1: exactly, and it is a bit like paying it forward and such. So I was so fortunate to connect with you, and then I appreciate. You know, we've we've kind of shared some some connections and such too. So it really is just like this a beautiful thing uh, that is happening organically and authentically and um i am so appreciative that we kind of met through um when i uh shared uh a failure of mine um in your different is better group and then you reached out to me and we connected and so i'm so thankful for that Thank you so much for joining us. Would you like people to maybe reach out to you um, and grow your network of course. Uh, through LinkedIn? What's your yes. preferred? How, how should people get in touch with you to, to connect with you?
0: You know, if, if somebody wants to be look, look me up on LinkedIn, I'm always happy to connect there. Um, we, uh, uh, my email address, I can just give you my email address is adam at contemporarywoods.com. Um, and those would be two great ways to connect. Uh, from there, we can start a phone conversation or start a Zoom call uh, or just start sharing knowledge and, and sharing ideas. Uh, it's it's a, an amazing way to um, bring inspiration to each other.
1: And if you could bottle your energy, I think that you would sell it out in your first run. So um, you are just amazing and such an inspiration. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being A guest and being so transparent and so authentic on this episode. If you would like our visual recap, Adam shared lots of great ideas and resources and book mentions and such. So those are all on our visual recap for this episode. If you would like our visual recap sent to you every Thursday when a new episode drops on your podcast catcher, then go to profitfirstnation.com click on resources. And when you opt in to access our resources, you will have the ability to provide your cell phone number. And then that gets you in to get uh, the weekly visual recaps where we highlight and show the different resources and ideas and just all the goodness from each episode. So thank you so much again for joining us, Adam. And cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.